0: live from san francisco on the sports
1: byline broadcasting network you are listening to wrestling observer live with your hosts brian alvarez and mike sempervivi are
2: you ready are you ready let's get it on
3: How's it going everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day. Monday through Friday, noon Pacific 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. Well, it's Friday on this program, and usually Friday's the day where, hey, let's get some feedback from you, the listeners. What do you what's going on with you? What do you think about all the news? Well, not today. It is Friday, and we have got to talk about a whole bunch of news. Where to even begin? Yesterday, WWE released. I think ten individuals, actually more than that, twenty. Anyways, a whole bunch of them. I got a whole list right here, and uh, just big names, small names, main roster, developmental. They just axed folks, and in the text message slash email that went out to the talent, it specifically said budget cuts. And, of course, this comes on the heels of their own earnings report, where they announced revenues of $256 million. Some of these individuals were released as a result of not wanting to get vaccinated, but it was a small number from my understanding. And uh, just ask people, because as I have said countless times, I do not necessarily believe that they are in the middle of negotiations for a sale, but everything that I see from this company is about getting their ducks in a row in case somebody makes them a good offer. Because there's no other reason to cut people for budgetary reasons. In a quarter where you're making $256 million in revenue, in a quarter, I'm not even talking a full year, So anyway, they're rolling in money, but they have a very, very specific talent budget. I think there's a reason for that. We'll talk about that and so much more. And in the final segment of the show, the former Buddy Murphy will be joining us to talk New Japan Pro Wrestling and more. A lot to get into. Very exciting day today. Back in a moment, Observer Live.
4: Fever is the leading symptom of COVID and the flu, and the only way to reliably detect fever is with an accurate thermometer. Be vigilant and be accurate with the Exergen Temporal Scanner, proven in more than 100 clinical studies. Don't rely on non-contact thermometers. They are proven to be inaccurate and will not reliably detect a fever that might mean COVID. Be sure to seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Learn more at exergen.com
0: From city streets to back roads. From road
2: warrior to carpooler. There are some things you can always count on. Like
5: the reliability, durability, and power of Die Hard. America's most trusted auto battery. No matter where your journey takes you, count on Die Hard to get you started on the road ahead. Available at your local Advance Auto Parts and participating CarQuest
1: stores. (music) You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Hey, we'll do some quick good news to start out the show. Two members of the NXT broadcast team have announced their engagement. On their social media accounts, Friday NXT commentator Vic Joseph. And backstage interviewer Mackenzie Mitchell revealed that they have gotten engaged. Life is fun with you. Let's do it forever, Mitchell wrote. They went public with their relationship November 2020, now getting married. So congratulations to the two of them. Joseph Absolutely.
5: Two people that McKenzie would look fine on the main roster as well, too. They well, would.
3: I well, you know there's room. Shortly after WWE's quarterly investors call wrapped, where I might add, they announced revenues of $256 million. The company began making cuts to their talent roster, citing budget cuts as the reason. From the WWE main roster, Keith Lee, Mia Yim, Nia Jax, Karrion Cross, Eva Marie, Lince Dorado, Grand Metalik, Harry Smith, and B-Fab were all released. As I've noted multiple times, B-Fab signed her new deal a week ago, and then they released her. From the NXT roster, Scarlett Ember Moon, Frankie Monet, Jesse Kamea, Katrina Cortez, Jeet Rama, who did a job Wednesday on NXT, Oni Lorcan, Trey Baxter, Zayda Ramir have been let go. Mass releases have become a regular occurrence in WWE throughout 2021, as they made 13 roster cuts on August 6th, 14 on June 25th, 6 on June 2nd, 8 on May 19th, 10 on April 15th. And there were dozens and dozens and dozens of releases from the company during the pandemic that you, the listener, never heard about because they were not big-time superstars that wrestled on the main roster. In this week's Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer noted, quote, some of the talent released was due to them refusing to get vaccinated, and not being big enough stars to get away with that. While the number going around is that five of the 18 were not vaccinated, one talent in the company said it was a larger number than that. On the main roster, talent cannot tour foreign countries without being vaccinated. However, talent that may have been cut due to not being vaccinated were told they were let go due to budgetary cuts. They've also noted that main roster talent cuts... Well, here's the deal. Some of these people had a 90-day no-compete, and some of these people have a 30-day no-compete. And it is not specific to, well, if you were main roster, it was 90, and if you were on the NXT roster, it was 30. There were some NXT talent that have 90-day. There were some main roster that have 30-day. To the best of my knowledge, I mean, fact of the matter is there are are, uh, no-competes, but it's kind of like, Depending on who you are, it's either 30 or 90. And some people have gone public with how much longer they have until they're free. But uh, it just depends on the person. And Nye Jax, just a little while ago on her Instagram, posted this. I usually keep my personal life private, but yesterday's reports leave me with no option but to clarify matters. I recently took a short leave of absence from WWE for a mental health break. I've been working through so much, more than I can share. And so I took some time with the full support of the company to take care of myself. Earlier this week, after WWE sent me my schedule to return to the ring for the November 15 show, I asked for my extension to my mental health break, feeling I needed more time and hoping I would have the ongoing support of the company I've given my all to for the past seven years. I did not receive a response. The next I heard I was being released. My vaccination status was never mentioned. I was not giving any choices or options. It breaks my heart to be so abruptly let go without consultation. When dealing with so much privately, I love my career at WWE. I love the men and women I worked with. I'm going to need time to process this huge loss. I appreciate those people who have shown understanding and compassion during an incredibly difficult time. Now listen, I don't know why I don't know why she was let go. Okay. But I realize that in her mind there is a timing here where she asked for more time off and then she was cut, but she also notes that they had sent her her itinerary for November and then cut her, and as I noted earlier, b signed a new deal a week ago, and then they cut her. So I don't think that the reason that Nia Jax was cut was because she asked for more time off, because they had sent her an itinerary. So I think whether she asked for more time off or not, they were cutting her. Because as you can see from these cuts, it's clear that there was no planning as to who was being released and who wasn't. It was the day came when they had to make cuts. They looked at the roster and they decided da, 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 da. whether whether anything had been planned for you in terms of touring or signing a new deal and going to the main roster or whatever. It was, it was the day. And what's going to happen going forward is the day is going to come. And they are going to decide who to cut and who to not cut. And it clearly does not matter whether there were plans for you, whether there were bookings for you, anything. If they decide for whatever reason that they don't want you anymore, you're gone. And as I talked about yesterday on the show with Lance Storm, they're very much into young women now. Young women to the point where you know they have the, the male cutoff line where it's, we want you to be 27 or under, 6'2", two, and 225. Well, now they want the women to be young. As in, uh, I heard two numbers. I heard you have to be either 23 or younger or 25 or younger. That's what they want now. And, of course, that comes on the heels of the squashing Cora Jade on NXT. But that's beside the point, even though it's not beside the point. But they want younger women, and that's what they're looking for. In NXT from this point forward... When I was arguing with everybody yesterday, oh, it's, everything's the same as it's always been. They'll they'll screw up Braun Break. Everything has changed at NXT. I've told you guys this for weeks and weeks now. The new deal is they are going to hire people. They have a very specific hiring requirement, and every six months they are going to go over that roster. And the days of oh, uh, what was the guy's name? The uh, you know the the guy that was like. Perfect. Anyway, he was there for seven years and they finally cut him. Okay. Those days are gone. You got six months, and then they're gonna go over everything. And if you're getting better, you're okay. If you're stalling out or not getting better, you're out of there. Every six months, okay? So if you're a person, you're 23 years old, Lance gave this example. Actually, a better example. Let's say Nick Nick Wayne turns 18. He lives in Seattle. They're like, we want to hire you under a developmental deal. Well, he's got to pack up his life, move to Orlando, Florida, with the only guarantee being we won't cut you in six months. If six months comes along and he's not doing it the way they like it, out of here. So now you got to either stay in Orlando and just get a job doing whatever, or you have to pack up all your stuff again, move all the way back to Seattle. This is not about you. This is about them. And this is about them wanting people in developmental that they can put on the main roster in like quickly and they will become stars on the main roster. And if they don't see that in you quick, you're out of there. No more three, you know, three years. This person has been there for seven years. None of that. You're in and out or you're getting better quick. So anyway, lots of changes coming. Lots of people cut. And any comments on any of this, Mike?
5: It's kind of incredible insanity, though, you know. You you want people to come in. You don't want them to work a certain way. You don't want them to have the stench of some other promotion on them. You want to take this clay and mold it yourself. But we're only going to give you six months. You can't be too old, which means you probably don't have much experience. you got to be a certain weight because, you know, you flippy-do guys, whatever it is, all the stuff that the other promotions seem to do fine with, you're too light. You're not a monster. And and you can't be too old. It's just the height. Every, all of this stuff does not make any sense as far as being able to turn around in six months and have people prepare to be on national television on the number one rated show on cable TV. It, it is It is it it is a self-fulfilling prophecy when it fails, much like Karrion Cross. because I'm sure you heard about Karrion Cross and the fact that Vince lost interest in him and they were going to do a third reset with him, but because he didn't get over in his new look, in his loss to Jeff Hardy, that was it for Karrion Cross. What? <laughs> what? It's just everything that they're doing, when it comes to the product that we see on the screen, is a self-defeating thing. When it comes to... Selling the company to Universal or Xfinity, whoever it is, NBC Universal, they're doing a great job of that. And I think that's where that's going to go. But we have a lot to get into. I'm sure we
3: will after the break. Back in a moment, Observer Live.
1: BFAB and Naya were
5: COVID
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez
3: here, Wrestling Observer Live, Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. I want to make something clear here because there seems to be confusion. Twitch chat's been something else lately. This is not a situation where you're hired, and if you're not over and ready for the main roster in six months, you're fired. That's not what I said. I said, every six months, you're going to be evaluated, okay? Let's look at Kona Reeves. God bless the guy. Kona Reeves was there for seven years. We all saw what he was doing after seven years, okay? This idea is to eliminate the Kona Reeves earlier than after seven years, okay? If you start from zero, and after six months, you're at two, okay? and then six months later you're at five, you're okay, all right? If you start and you're at zero, and then six months later you're at one, and then six months later you're at one, you're out of there. That's all it is, okay? I'm not saying that you have six months to make it to the main roster as a big star. Now, the carrying cross thing, because this is my new, I did an IQ test on my Twitter yesterday, and I was actually astounded that 69% of my followers are intelligent, way better than I expected. So here's my IQ test for the... Twitch chat. If you understand why it's different with Braun Breaker, that's my IQ test. If you don't get it, then we got a problem. Karrion Cross was hired and he's put under the control of Vince McMahon. Or I'm sorry, of, of Triple H. Triple H gave him his gimmick and the entrance and Scarlet and the way he worked and everything like that, okay? Then the guy got called up, and Vince took one look at the guy, and he wanted to change everything. And uh, he changed it all, and it was a massive failure, okay? Now, that was then. This is now, okay? Now is different. What would happen now is Karrion Cross would be hired, and he would be put in his gimp mask and outfit and everything like that in NXT before he ever even stepped foot on the main roster. And he would be evaluated and if vince didn't like it and they couldn't figure out something to do with the guy he would be fired before he ever debuted on raw do you guys not understand this okay what is braun breaker's name braun breaker what was his name six weeks ago rex steiner right that was the name he was using rex steiner okay had nxt 2.0 never occurred He would have been on Triple H's NXT as Rex Steiner. I don't even know what he would have been doing. It would have been whatever Hunter's vision was. And then one day Vince would call the guy up and he would look at him and he would go, you're not Rex Steiner. Now you're Braun Breaker. And you're going to wear this outfit and you're going to do this thing. Live on Monday Night Raw. And we're going to have you lose to Jeff Hardy or whatever. Yeah, of course there's a good opportunity, there's a good chance that Braun Breaker would have failed when he got called up. But it's different now. That's not what's happening. He is, he is doing in NXT now what they want him to do on the main roster. Do you guys remember Duke Hudson before NXT 2.0? What was he? Well, he was only there very briefly, but like he was a wrestler and blah, blah, blah. Now he's a poker player. Okay, In the old days, he would have gotten over and done whatever is Duke Hudson, and then he would have been called up to Raw, and immediately he'd have been a poker player. And he'd have to figure it out on Raw live, and yeah, he probably would have failed. But you know what? Now they've given him the gimmick in developmental, and it's either going to work or it's not. When the day comes, if it works, and Vince likes it, and it's over, he's going to be called up as Duke Hudson poker player. I don't understand why people can't see the difference in what's going on now. They love Braun Breaker. He's doing everything exactly how they want him to do it on the main roster, including his name. And when he is called up, it will not be changed. He will not become what's what was Keith uh, Bearcat. He's not going to get a new name. He's not going to get a new outfit. He's already gotten all of that. It's already been done. So that's what's going on here. If you want to close your eyes and imagine it's the old days, you can, but it's not. It's new now. It's different. I'll talk more about how much money they made.
5: Interesting people that you're arguing with there. I, I again though, it, back to the six month thing for a minute. Because of who is running developmental, and we see what's happened on the main roster, and we see the mind changes and all that sort of stuff. Even if you have some potential there, and you get to a certain point, they're going to want you on the main roster. And it just again, there. It, I know it's two separate issues, but. Anybody being called up to the main, you're still running into the same problem where even though you may be the character that they want you to be in NXT, you still may not have the time there that you need or that you, you know, and then brought up too early and then they lose interest in you again. The problems on the main roster, even if they have somebody ready made in NXT. It's just going to again, continue to be an issue when they get called up to the main roster and you run through the same things of the show being changed. Vince fell out of favor or lost interest in this person. You know, all of these different reasons why? So in some ways, all it does is poison the system even more. You know, it just it's the problems are getting down into the roots now of how you want to develop people. And again, they're they're developing them in the way that they want to, and that's fine. I don't think it's going to make any difference whatsoever. The only thing I think we're going to see is NXT ratings continuing to slip and the interest in it continuing to slip. Does that mean that they're not going to have successes? Of course they are. Brumbreaker's probably going to be a success. I think the way that, you know, Tony D'Angelo, because he has a college wrestling background, he's the gimmick they want him to be, he got over right away. Great. The problem is going to be with this is because they're not on the road because they have such a small sample size inside that building because these guys are looking at it with these eyes when they go up to the main roster is that going to be beneficial for him i don't know we're going to have to see is he going to have the time he needs to get better down there we don't know is he going to have the people to work with to get better down there so he's better on the main roster we don't know there's still all of the same issues that we've had. and again, I'm not arguing with the same people you are. I mean, there are people that yes, they they don't understand that there is a six month cycle now. You can say that over and over again. You could say it over and over again about their decrees, about size, about height, about age, all of which are true. Brian's not making this up. he's not lying about this stuff. It's all true. We've all heard this stuff. So it's just Again, this this whole thing, it's it's crazy. And again, with the cuts that they've made that seem to, again, be all for monetary reasons, all for some reason that obviously has nothing to do with wrestling, you know, it's troubling. You get a kid like Blake Christian, you bring him in, you don't even give him a shot. You A you, you, couple matches on 205, then you come up with this gimmick because things change. Now he's going to be hooked up with Cora Jade, and it's like... This kid's like a physical like freak, and I'm not saying that he can do everything, but he is, you know, he's a puppy with big paws. And you see what, like, Dante Martin, and you know, it, it, he's the greatest, the greatest example right now of somebody where it's like, you know, <laughs> you see how one company treats him and, and how the other one does, and it's like,
3: how are you going to move forward? It's just, it's crazy. All right, I want to get into these financials because we got the uh, former Buddy Murphy on in a second. 258, uh, 255.8 million year over year. In a quarterly investors call, keep in mind this was right before they sent an email talking about budget cuts. Stephanie McMahon and Nick Kahn said they were happy with the company's current financial position and excited about the future. Their North American attendance drew the highest quarterly average in more than a decade. Live event revenue was up to 28 million year over year. Consumer products 25.1 million year over year. SummerSlam weekend and a return to robust live touring helped the year over year increase of 34 million dollars. So uh, yeah, they let him a lot of money. Uh, Nick Khan said, "Part of Glad the selection." We have to let the people know. For the Royal Rumble date was to not go up against the Winter Olympics and their partners at NBC Universal. Having more integration with athletes like Atlanta Hawks player Trey Young for the New Year's Day show in Atlanta is coming. They are bullish on the trading card market, which is booming right now. They are also confident in the NFT market. They're excited for the uh they make a lot of money on NFTs, but we gotta fire talent. Excited for the uh, WWE 2K22 launch. Oh, my God. If I could even tell you about the video game. By the way, just just so you know,
5: too, the biggest NFT, didn't they, was the John Cena thing, and that thing crapped the bed a million times over to
3: the point where even Cena has made fun of it? So, listen, if you guys are unaware of this, when a video game is coming out, they don't want to pay fired people for being in the video game. So these poor blokes that put the video game together... They design the video game with all of these characters, and nobody tells them anything. They wake up one morning, and they look on my Twitter, and they see the list of cuts, and they're like, oh, my God. Now they have to go and take all of those people out of the game. There's no forewarning. There's no nothing. They just have to go, and they have to deal with the problem. Just like all of you stand-up for WWE blokes, bro, WWE does not care about the talent, okay? I shouldn't say WWE. WWE. The talent all cares for each other, but like at the very top, when it comes to business, you're just uh, you're it's a piece a of meat. That's yeah. it. And you, when you say it's a business, it's even not even a normal business. Is like, well, in order to uh, you know be profitable, we can only have so many employees, bro. These people are swimming in money. This is not about well. If we keep Nia Jax employed, uh, we're not going to make a profit this quarter, bro. Dude. This is not business, okay? It's business in the sense that, you know, we want to just be having, we want to be making so much money that, like, somebody comes along and our valuation is at $7 billion for a sale. That's the business part of this. But as far as, like, running a business and profitability, they don't need to fire nobody. Nobody! Unfortunately, we're out of time for news. Back in a moment, Buddy Murphy's going to join us. We actually could talk about a lot with Buddy Murphy. Back in a moment, Observer Life.
0: When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries 800-306-1760. 800-306-1760. 800-306-1760, that's 800-306-1760. What are you so happy about? I'm on the pill. Aren't you two a bit old to worry about having more kids? Not her, me. Ah, uh, you lost me there, buddy.
4: Microband 24 protects against Staphylococcus aureus and Enterobacter aerogenes bacteria, but does not provide 24-hour protection against viruses. Every time you touch a surface, you leave behind bacteria. Use Microband 24 sanitizing spray to keep surfaces sanitized all day. Spray on hard surfaces to kill 99.9% of bacteria and viruses initially, including the virus that causes COVID-19 microband 24 keeps killing bacteria for 24 hours touch after touch when used as directed microband 24 touch after touch it doesn't give up
1: you are listening to wrestling observer live with brian alvarez and mike sempervivi on the sports byline broadcasting network
3: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Very happy today to be joined by Buddy Matthews, the former Buddy Murphy, who will be debuting for New Japan Pro Wrestling at the Battle in the Valley show next weekend. Buddy, how you doing today?
6: I'm doing fantastic. How's everyone over there doing?
3: Everyone here is doing great. I was looking at the card for this Battle in the Valley, and it's an awesome show. And, of course, then I'm looking at it going, where's Buddy at on this card? And uh, you will be there, but it is it, the match has not been announced yet, correct?
6: Correct. Uh, yeah, I've, I've put out a challenge to Okada. Um, but, you know, like I'm stepping into their world. Uh, so any and all open challenges that are willing to step up to me, and then I'm, I'm there to make a make a statement, make, it, uh, make a pretty big uh, impact on the world of professional wrestling. So whoever wants to step up, uh, step up. Let's do it.
3: You know, Tom Lawler is one of the hosts of a show that we do, Filthy Tom Lawler. And uh, he is New Japan Strong's openweight champion. And I'm constantly asking, what are you going to face, Okada or Tanahashi? And it never happens. And uh, if you debut and on night one you get Okada, I will never let him live this down. What a way to debut for New Japan Pro Wrestling.
6: Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, like, he's got a history and I've got a history. So, um, you know, a lot of people message me all the time and they say that it'd be a bit of a dream match of theirs. Um, They all kind of state that New Japan is type of my style that I kind of perform. So, um, you know, I think that all the stars have aligned and, you know, if Okada wants to step up, you know, why not? And if I'm going fishing, I'm going to, to catch the biggest fish. I'm not there to catch these little uh, little goldfish. I want the the biggest and the best.
5: Now, you were in WWE for so long, I had to go back and actually see, you know, before you, you got into WWE, if you had performed in Japan or not before. And it looks like the answer is no. Was that always a goal for you in wrestling? Did you, Were you following New Japan or All Japan or NOAA or any of that stuff as you were coming up, or, or is this a, an all-new experience for you?
6: Uh, so in Australia, like, I wrestled the uh, Independence in Australia, but it's so small and so far away that it was just, like, insignificant at the time. Uh, but I wrestled uh, uh, Nasawa from uh, All Japan, um, the deathmatch wrestler. And, uh, I wrestled him over in Australia. He came and did like a little, uh, little tour with a couple of appearances. I ended up wrestling him. Uh, he was super, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? He, 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 enjoyed my work at the time. He, he enjoyed working with me and thought I had potential. So, uh, he actually got on the phone to, to Muda while we were in Australia and they, uh, he, he put me over to, to Muda and, and they were going to give me a, a, a contract to, to stay at their dojo. But, uh, I felt like it wasn't right timing. So it's tough being, you know, this little Australian wrestler being so far away and getting granted an opportunity, but just not feeling, I just didn't, just didn't feel right. And I don't know why, you know what I mean? I, I should have been grabbing anything that came my way, but it just didn't feel right. So I didn't accept it. Um, and it didn't really go much further than that and then uh, the one time it did feel right was when there was a tryout announced in Tampa Florida for WWE and for some reason I, I, I was willing to to drop everything for it. so um, it was it's definitely something on my wish list and on my bucket list to do. Um, I want to get over to Japan like I was I, I've been to Japan once and I was literally there for 24 hours. We're doing an NXT tour. Uh, it was Japan, and then we flew over to Australia. But uh, my opponent didn't get his uh, Japan visa in time, I believe, so he couldn't get on the plane. Meaning I missed out on my match. So the one time I've been in Japan, I didn't get to wrestle there. And then, uh, but the culture was awesome. So it's ever since just going there for that 24 hours. It's been on the bucket list. Yeah. Um, and the, the people were awesome. The culture was awesome. So uh, definitely want to get there and perform at some point. But uh, New Japan coming, you know, in America, wrestling the best that Japan have to offer, um, and the best that you know America has to offer. Man, like it's it's a it's a little. It's not the full thing, but uh, it's a little step in that direction. But uh, very excited.
5: I got to follow up just to try to get into your mind a little bit on being a young guy like that and having a guy like Nosawa who has had a name for a long time, working as a conduit for the great Muda, who is inviting you to come in and stay at the dojo and to learn. You know, you say you weren't ready for it yet and you knew that. What was some of the push and pull like around you as far as asking for advice, and who who kind of helped you out as far as being confident enough to say, "No, you know what? I'm just not ready for this yet."
6: It, me. <laughs>
5: <It's>,
6: uh, <laughs> it sounds sounds silly, but like uh, like I'm pretty self-taught. Um, you know in australia, like it it's just it's a little bit different now um, since wrestlers have got aboard and kind of experimented and and, and gone over to Mexico and some have trained with Lance Storm to bring over the knowledge. But back when I, there was none of that. It didn't really exist. So the one person that did it was like Tennille Dashwood, Tennille Taylor at the time, but then she was signed with WWE. So she didn't get to pass on that knowledge. Um, So I was pretty self-taught, I learned on the job. Um, And it was just something that, I knew that wrestling was one of the things that I was good at and I understood it. So I didn't want to fail in something at that point. Cause I feel like that would have probably kind of destroyed my world, so to speak, because the one thing that I felt like I was good at, if it didn't go how I visualized it or, or whatnot, then, then I would have felt like the one thing I was good at, I wasn't good at. So it was just like this this thing inside me that just told me, not yet. That there was maybe that there was bigger things to come later on. But it was it was you know it was me, my my own brain, which it could have you know it could have backfired on me terribly. But uh, I think just just having that self self belief really it, it comes down. And know it sounds cliche, but. Kind of true when when it comes to this, you know, and it kind of went into my career in WWE. Eventually, like not wanting to just do the stereotype matches that um, we kind of you know were told to do. Like I wanted to be more creative. I wanted to go on and and challenge myself. So um, and that led in like like I said when I was in WWE. I eventually, I got sick of doing that and was like, I'm going to die on my own sword. Like. To get fired doing what they want me to do, and it's just not what I like to do, or get fired doing the style and the and and performing how I wanted to perform. And luckily for me, that ended up uh, you know getting some traction, and then the two hundred five, and then Raw and SmackDown, and then Beyond. But um, you know sometimes you just got to die in your own sword, and and that was kind of my mentality, and that's kind of like a, a mentality that I have in life.
3: You know, the one of the things when people think of your WWE run, they obviously think of, of a Lee and Ray and everything like that, but my, my big memory of your WWE run was the match you had with Alistair Black on Raw. And it was like a total New Japan-style, non-WWE match, and it was awesome. It was like the best Raw match I'd seen in forever. And I think you guys did too, if I recall correctly. But uh, it was like we saw it, and then we never saw it again. So, what what was the what was the feedback that you got for that match? I mean, were they like, "Oh man, that was great," and then it just never happened again, or were they, "Oh, you guys did too much," or was there any feedback?
6: So that was a that was like a Paul Heyman was a massive fan of myself and a massive fan of Alistair, um, and me and Alistair, we we we've, we we think alike. We 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 we're, we're pretty on the same. Stage. The wavelength when it comes to, you know, wrestling. We're there to have a great match, and we're not necessarily there to go, "Hey, I need to look good." It's it's, it's very, very unselfish. Um, we're there to put the best match in general, and then we're both going to look great out of it. And that was kind of my mentality uh, going through the two hundred five stage of my career too. So, you know, I, I'm I'm there to make myself look good, my opponent good, but I'm there to make the match as good as possible because, you know, whether they say, you know, buddy uh, Buddy's match, right? But, like, most likely that second name, my opponent's name is going to be there too, whether it's, you know, Alistair Black and Buddy or Buddy and Alistair Black. it's Our names are together because of the match. It wasn't necessarily because one looked better than the other. But we had three matches in total, one starting at TLC, um, and then we did a... I think it was the roar of the new year. And then we did the a third one on Raw, which then led into me having the mental breakdown and joining Seth. Um, I personally think that the first one was probably the bev- better one um, at TLC, but it was Heyman's, it was Heyman's creation. Um, big fans of us both, you know, we get along great. So, uh, and we had great chemistry in ring. So, um, but the feedback was, was all good and like I'm blessed enough that people remember those matches to this day even though they're three years old people still talk about it like like the me and Roman me and Brian me and Alistair me and Ali like they're daily they're brought up so to me it's you know what I mean I, I'm, I'm super blessed that people remember my work um, but you know what I mean like it, it, you do it with great dance partners too so um but the, the, the praise was it was good. Like there was there was nothing bad about it. Like it was great. <laughs> Heyman loved them. Heyman wanted to do this for the next ten years. Um but obviously stuff goes different and then the pandemic happens and then, you know, now you know what's happened to both of us. So <laughs>
3: Yeah. If that answers the question. Yes. <laughs> would, would you would you say would you classify yourself as a religious watcher of, of New Japan pro wrestling? I mean, do you do you watch it regularly, strong Tokyo Dome shows, or or just kind of pick and choose what you hear is the best stuff?
0: Uh so it's like
6: short answer no. Um like I would watch uh when when we would uh back in the NXT days or whatnot, like, rest, Wrestle Kingdom's obviously big. Um, so, like, I would, you know, watch watch Wrestle Kingdom uh, when that would happen. But, like, it's not – if something you got a bit of buzz and, like, uh, someone sent me something, yeah, I'll check it out. Um, but, like, nothing, nothing crazy religious, but I'm just not like that with anything where I'm crazy religious anymore with watching – a particular product, if that makes sense. I'm really enjoying, like, AEW. Um, like, I don't watch WWE anymore. Like, you know what I mean? It's very, unless, like, uh, I've got a friend or something like that, wrestling, a uh, high-profile match that interests me. But I feel like that's kind of been, and it's not a knock on anything. It's just kind of the way that I feel like I can balance real life and pro wrestling, if if that makes sense. Yeah. So um it's it's like 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 I said I enjoy wrestling and like I love wrestling with a passion it's my it's always been my number one love but it's just a it's a thing of how I've been able to balance it.
3: All right we got about a minute balance here. Life. Yeah, we got about a minute here for this answer, but, uh, you know, back in the day, this was like 15, 20 years ago. If you were a wrestler, it was like, oh, I don't watch wrestling. Like, it's a badge of honor that you did it, but you didn't watch it. And that's obviously changed today. When you watch wrestling in AEW or New Japan or a match somebody sends, I mean, do you still watch it as a fan or do you watch it more as a way to learn different things that, that you can, you can put into your, your personal style? Um, it's tough to pull the once. You,
6: uh, so I always use this analogy: if, if there's a magician, right, it, it, it does a trick in front of you. It blows your mind the first time. Then the next time that they, if they go, "Oh, this is how I did the trick," right, and you're like, "Okay, I know how the trick's done." And then they do the exact same trick. You're not even you're not blown away anymore because you've seen the, the strings and you've sure. seen you know the, the green screen in the back.
3: Well, hold that thought. We'll be back in just a moment, everybody. Observer Live.
0: Do you own an annuity? Either fixed rate, indexed, or variable?
2: Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity.
0: Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845.
4: Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right
0: That's 855-325-1780. Hello? You there in the car. Listen, if I was a cop, I'd pull you over and ask to see your insurance. Woo! I bet that would scare the heck out of you. (laughs) But seriously, I still want you to get your insurance papers out. Whoa! That's ridiculous! Look, we all have cars. That means insurance. But newsflash, you don't have to pay a fortune for it. What smart people all over the United States are doing is saving hundreds of dollars calling AIS Insurance. Some of you could be saving up to $600 a year. Maybe with an extra 600 you can get your car washed at least once a month. I mean, come on, look at it. Look, my job is to help you save money on your car insurance. So pick up the phone, call AIS Insurance right now. And get your car washed, please. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. That's 800-756-3744.
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi,
3: also of WrestlingObserver.com. Battle in the Valley is taking place November 13, San Jose, California, San Jose Civic Center. I was this close to going, but potty training got in the way, but we don't need to talk about that. (laughs) But yes, Buddy Matthews is here on the show today, and uh, he's going to be there, obviously, on the card. Made a challenge to Okada. We'll find out who he ends up facing. He's not listed officially on the card yet, but he will be there. And buddy, let's get some plugs in for social media. We gotta do a show again sometime, but uh, in the meantime, how can people learn more about what you've got coming up?
6: Uh, well, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter on snm underscore buddy, secret no more underscore buddy. Um, yeah, that's my that's my main social medias. Uh, I post a fair bit of stuff on there, you know, whether it's fitness stuff or where I'm working. In the in the upcoming uh weeks so uh give me a follow and yeah
3: well i'm very excited to see you on the show and uh obviously this is going to be available fight tv and in some other places as well if i recall correctly and uh you can check it out it'll be battle in the valley new japan pro wrestling san jose civic center and buddy best of luck and we'll do this again sometime
6: i appreciate it thank you boys uh hopefully i didn't drag too much but uh we will definitely do it again
3: Thanks so much. And, of course, thanks, everybody, for listening. Mike, as always, callers and listeners over the studio. We'll talk to you next time. Wrestling Observer Live.